rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land code REFEREERANT. Episode 14, The Rant. Sergeant James Washington, Army extraordinaire and elite Board 41 basketball official. James Washington sits down in one spot, only to discuss his experience as a multi-sport athlete growing up, his experience officiating around the world, and his passion to teach basketball officials before him and after him how to do this. One team, one fight. My conversation with Wash, now. James Washington, how are you, my man? I'm good. <laughs> so um, I met James in 2014, the second time I took the class. Uh, he bum-rushed me in the parking lot trying to tell me that it was a one-team, one-fight. Um, I was very hesitant to give him anything that was involved with my contact, my cell phone, and my email. But then um, a couple of years later, he introduced me to a gentleman of John Papa. And then ever since, we've probably had a nice bond. And we've uh, cream rises to the top, and we've both... Uh, reached the top floor of our own association doing varsity games. Um, so welcome, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Fine. Thanks. Um, so where did you develop uh, your love of sports? What did you play when you were a kid? Um, I'm going to say that I was one of those kids that was blessed with some athleticism, some speed. Uh, so I played football, basketball, and ran track uh, since I was in uh, sixth grade all the way through college. Where was this, in New York? In New York, yeah. I went to Claridge Carlson uh, in, um, what is that, Elmont, um, Sawanka High School, and Albert T. Stanford. Okay. So I grew up right here. Um, so what was your favorite sport growing up? It was actually football. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I was, a, I was an All-American uh, wide receiver at Nassau, uh, and I had an opportunity to go on. And instead of going on, uh, my family wasn't as well off mm -hmm. as others. I chose to uh, join the military to support my family. How did that um, shape the way you thought about the world from when you were a kid playing sports and then successfully finishing your career as a military man? It's, a, it's an entirely different world. It's, a, it's a, a world where we know no color. It's one team, one fight. and. Uh, Everyone has an opportunity to excel, and we all bleed the same blood. Uh, so when you come out, uh, you kind of can't get away from those ideals. It's a standard of excellence that you share with everyone throughout your life. How did you get into officiating? You know, I actually got into officiating because my daughter played. And um, I started out coaching her. What year was this? Oh, that was probably, you know, me and Jesus were hanging out then, so that's a long time, Ralph. I don't even want to go through that. No, no, it's just... She's 27. Okay. Yeah, so she might have been, what, seven or eight when she started playing? Okay. Yeah. So we're talking about maybe like 98, yeah. 97, 98? Yeah, around there. 
So I started out uh, coaching, and then after that, I started officiating. Um, of course, you know, being in the military, you don't have the opportunity to excel. You stay at a certain level, maybe a C uh, level, because you move every three years, so you don't get a chance to bond with a, a crew, and you don't have that glide path, because every year you meet a different association. In three years, you meet another, another group, so. I remember you mentioning when I first met you, when you bum-rushed me in the parking lot, that you were refing in many states, and that's probably because your kids were a military brat because you kept moving around. Um, so when you finally went back to New York and you laid down roots, did you want to have a foundational career as an official? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think I shared with you in class. I said, you know, well, the way that we're cutting the military is uh, we're not just going for the cloud. We're going beyond. So I think that every official that was in there should have the goal of being an NBA official. You know, you should go for the top. And, and age shouldn't matter. Uh, your, your, your ability, as long as you set your mind to it, you can do anything. So I think that one of the things that, you know, a lot of people, you know, stay stifle them is, oh, well, I'm too old for that. I'm too, that's not true. You can do anything that you set your mind to. Yeah, and I still plan on being an NBA official. Okay. I plan on being one too, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, where else have you ref? Um, oh. I guess out of state? Uh, Let's see. Outside the country? Virginia, Georgia, Alaska, Korea, Germany, Iraq, Bosnia, Cuba, um, of course, New York, Maryland, all over the world. Mm. Is your favorite place still New York? Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> me too. Without a doubt. What other sports did you ref outside of basketball? Uh, softball and uh, flag football. Yeah. And do you still do it now? No. No. You know, uh, thank God uh, this is flourishing. So mm. basketball seems to be enough. It's all year round in New York. Uh, not like most countries or states where, you know, it gets slow uh, and you might have to pick up another sport. Right. You know? um, so, like I said, thank God it's flourishing. So my cup runneth over. There's more than enough for me to do with basketball alone. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I always tell James, we both work at Island Garden, and I always joke with him that he's the top guy only because I do <laughs> nine other sports. So no. if I concentrated on basketball, who well, knows would be number one. I can't compete with you, Ralph. I'm about out. Um, so just to describe your experience doing varsity games in Nassau. I'll just say for myself, I remember when we first started and I was doing middle school games, and I just remember the quality of the play. I remember the specific modified rules because they're kids and um, they're in a developmental stage. And I also remember all of the officials that I worked with along the way who probably had different intentions like somebody like you and myself. Um, and then you get to JV and it's probably a better game and it feels a lot more pressurized. But when it comes to varsity, they got a public announcer. They may or may not have music, right? Got a full crowd, and you got kids that can play. So, how was your transition from doing middle school to JV to varsity now? I welcomed it, and and please understand when I say I've been shot at, stabbed, and and, and bombed, mm -hmm. it, it's true. So, you're taking me to a varsity basketball game. To me, it's a lot easier to officiate the higher the level. Mm. The game's cleaner. It's a lot clearer. It's evident that this, this guy has committed that foul. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. 
I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, what do you think it would take for somebody um, that's been toiling for five years and hasn't gotten that call, like myself and you? And you? What advice would you give them? Someone is always watching you. So whenever you go to a game, no matter what the level, you need to bring your A game every time. Mm. And, and I guarantee you, um, they'll go to the next level. Uh, for me, uh, when I suit up, it's the same way I suit up for third grade. I suit up for a varsity or uh, a rec league or adult league basketball game. And, and I truly believe that there has been on occasion where people have been there. People have come up to me and asked me, hey, you know, I want you to officiate here. I want you to officiate there. And uh, someone's always watching. Has anybody ever asked you to uh, be in the Blacklist season five when they see you in your, uh, your black peacoat and your fedora? <laughs> Has anybody ever asked you that? No, you know, they, they, I've been called, what, Denzel Washington, you know, from, from Malcolm X and a couple other things, but nothing negative or derogatory. Someone said I stole uh, Rocky's hat, you know? Uh, that's, that's very unoriginal. Bobo. <laughs> but, hey, Ralph, most importantly, I, I really want this to get across to everyone out there that's listening. Believe you me, somebody's always watching too. So we'll bring your A game every game you go to. Bring your A game. And you never know what will happen after that. Mm. So I think one of the biggest bonds that I have with you is that you and I, our, our personality on the court is very similar. Right? We're people... People, People personality, persons, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Talk to the coach. We know the players. We have no problem anyone thinking any other way because it's not going to change the way I call. And I think that's very difficult for specific refs to discern that because sometimes they have to play a cop and they don't have that part of their personality. And I feel like that's one of the major attributes as to why we're where we're at, oh, right? Not even so much of the reason why, you know, because our skill is our skill, right? User-friendly. There's, there's no, user there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where do you think you developed that style of being able to be comfortable of talking to this coach and not feeling like you're going to get preferential treatment with the other one? Or how do you feel about talking to young kids and, and the perception that it has with parents? How did you develop that style of being able to handle all of those different things? Wow, he's looking at it and, and he thinks it's a tough question. <laughs> Go, James. You, you know, uh, and, and I tell, I tell you know, my Lydia this all the time. I talk to everyone from the private to the president. And in between, there are all walks and types of people. And um, you don't want to come off to anyone as not being approachable or user-friendly in this business. Uh, you need to be able to talk. The coach needs to be able to approach you. Dead ball, come over and tell him, explain to him by doctrine what the call is. He'll appreciate that, mm. you know? So when it's all said and done, you treat people the way you want to be treated, and it's about a mutual respect for one another. So talking to people came easy to me because I was trained to talk to everyone from the private to the president. Mm. If you look in my office now, you see pictures of myself and Bush, uh, Air Force One. Um, but you'll also see pictures of me and you know my children. Now, so from the private to the president, be able to talk to everyone, be user-friendly. Well, me and you kind of diverge in that, in that thing because we're people pe persons, but when it comes to kids that try to like whine, I try to mirror their behavior 
And I know when I work with James, like, come on, just chill, chill on. I'm like, no, no, I want, I want them to feel the way they're talking to me, and that's what I mean. Like, when you're talking about the golden rule, you want to treat people the way that you want to be treated, right? So mm-hmm. I'm treating them the way they're treating me, and then they don't <laughs> like it, and then you know. But you know, I'm not cursing. I'm do not they, saying. Do they snap thing. out of it as a result? Do they? I think so. I'll give you an example. I had a, a real rival game. It was uh, Westbury and Hicksburg, and um, it was getting very chippy in the third quarter. These two kids were this close to each other. And, you know, I'm in the trail, and I'm, I'm doing the 10-second count while the kid has the free throw. And I'm like, is everything okay with y'all? And then one of the kids was like, yeah, you want to kiss me? And he's like, no, nah, I think you want to kiss me. And then I said, I'm about to kiss both of y'all with a double foul. <laughs> they scattered like roaches. <laughs> but it's amazing that, you know, they look at me, and they probably are like, wow, that's a ref that understands what's going on. It's really? not a cop that's trying to look for exactly. illegal activity. I'm out there like, yo, I played before. Yeah, you played before. I understand what you're saying, yeah. but it's not happening right now. Exactly. So exactly. just knock it off. Defuse the situation. Yeah. yeah. Simultaneously, you- you're charismatic, and it's a win-win for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that we share. Yeah. When it's all said and done, when we walk off the court, it's a win-win. You know, everybody's mostly satisfied. Yeah, and I think that it's important when you were saying that you don't know who's watching, I just think about all the kids that we've officiated over the years since I've known you, of you know maybe seeing an eight-year-old, now is 14, might be on varsity, and it's good to feel as though we're elevating at the same time as they are. Oh yeah, you know? that's good. That's and then good you day. see them as they get older. I love seeing you elevate, Ralph. I see you go from, you know, when we started out as classmates, you know, hmm. uh, when I, kicking ass and taking names, and then he hasn't changed his attitude since. Hmm. You know, tech well, savvy. And, uh, and uh, easy to talk to. So Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, I mean, it, it also is uh, a testament to you. I know you always work on your things, and I think that's um, what's interesting about me and you is that we down to do the gutter games. I'm down to do the adult games. I'm down to do the real smoke. Oh, yeah. Right? And some of them aren't willing to do that. They want it all print pristine. That was just not kill you or make you better. Yeah. Make you strong. So I, I, I never shy away from doing all no. different types of games because I think that, you know, I think that's a, the biggest attribute of really sharpening your iron. Because if you're doing the same type of iron, you're yeah. not going to get it on the other side. You need to do you the games. You need to do tough games. Yeah. You need a tough game. So that's Excellent. another that's another thing you gotta if you, if you want to improve your skill you yeah. want to not shy away from an adult game. I think I think people like you and I we we ask for the tough game. Yeah. We want the hard game. Well, I don't want the easy game because no. that's not gonna be fun for me. No, 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 it's not. You need okay. something challenging, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So after it's all said and done, what do you want to get out of officiating moving forward? Well, I tell you, my goal is to to go to the NBA. So, and and you know not only is, you know bring your A game to every every game. Uh, that means uniform, haircut, uh, shoes, the whole nine yards. You, you, you got your goals in perspective, that's fine. Okay. NBA being my goal, okay, cool. But you got to train. So guys like you and I and, and the rest of uh, a large portion of the crew have to go to camps. No matter how painful it is, every time I go to a camp, believe it or not, I learn something. Mm. I learn. We don't know it all. There could be rule changes that we may not have implemented uh, that's on paper but we haven't used that we need to use on the court. And you experience it. So I strongly recommend, guys, go to camp. Elevate your game. Elevate that text messaging sound. Can you put that on silent, James? It's ruining the show. I thought it was kind of giving us that, like we were out there and, uh, you know, 
space somewhere, you know. <laughs> um, okay, so what do you think it took to get to where you are currently? Um, hustle. Hustle, uh, purpose, motivation, uh, and having a direction. What's it going to take to get to where you want to go, aside from going to camps and improving? You know what? Um, I thought about that. And um, you got some folks in our organization uh, that know a lot of people in, in other, other organizations. And they need to get paperwork recommending that an individual go to the next level. Anytime I left an organization or a country or a state, I always left with a with a packet, and it always rated me and told me what kind of official it was. Whether I was, you know, from, you know, B A being the best, and you know, of course, F being the worst. Um, but if I get a recommendation, let's say from from Chris or Landolfi or someone like that, and I bring that to the camp, the NBA camp or whatever the case may be, they're going to call and ask, say, what do you think of this guy? And I'm sure when we look at our organization, there's some guys in there that have been there already. They've just come back and choose to ref at this level. Mm. So That's true. It's going to take a little politics. Mm. So um, what do you think is the best advice you can give somebody that isn't able to maneuver the game? I mean, the game within the game, like me and you. How would you tell somebody Fine. that's younger than us or somebody after us? That doesn't Listen, have the same... If you take the, the autobiography of, of Barack Obama and you look at everything he did in life, mm. if you follow that same path, you're going to get closer to or above. So my, my suggestion is to find a big brother or two, a mentor, and make like a parasite. Feed off them. Ask them for information, ask them for advice, Go to their games, go to those higher level games and observe. Take some time out and enhance your craft. Have you mentored anybody? Every time I come on the court, I teach, coach, and mentor. If I see a guy's out of uniform, I see a guy who wasn't closing down on top when the ball is opposite. If I see a guy that's not moving in the trail or the lead, I always go over there and I talk to him and I ask. You do it tactfully, though, so that you don't, you don't insult. I was going to say, I think one of your best attributes is that you are able to give negative information in a positive way. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, one thing I learned from you, I just interviewed Barry, and he told me about this, this glossary term that I've never heard, and it was called um, developmental discretion. <laughs> what does developmental discretion mean? <laughs> Well, you're going to have some folks out there, Ralph, who aren't as, um, as uh, athletic as others. So they're going, to, they're going to travel a little bit more. As long as it's not, you know, glide path to the basket, cost and advantage, disadvantage, and we're probably going to let it go if it's at the top of the division line, you know? Mm. Um, and, and they need a chance to run, to sweat. And if we blow every whistle out there, then those guys in those leagues uh, are probably not going to develop. Right. So use some discretion when making the call so right. that you can develop those younger. Well, to your point, James and I just worked recently, and it was on a Saturday. Um, and there was this coach who was, I guess, advocating for his kids that um, they weren't getting any calls. Also, 
At the same time, I think his kids were doing the same type of infractions. So I thought it kind of evened out. But, and I was kind of near him when I was running. And you know what I said? You had a lot of good no calls. I had, I had so many good <laughs> no calls. And I thought you had so many good no calls. And we would, see, the thing is, when, when me and James are doing one of these games, we're smiling, we're happy to be with each other, we're thinking about other things, we're waiting for the next time out to talk about whatever we're talking about. But then, I don't know, this coach kind of ticked me off. And I said, you know what? All right, you want me to ref? I'll ref. You want to make it a varsity game? Right? And I was trying to tell him, like, I don't think it's embarrassing for me. I think it's more embarrassing for your players when you're trying to develop them right. and you're trying to make them good young men, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I feel like if I'm going to call everything, it's kind of hurting their development. Yes. And that's what you mean by discretionary development, right? Mm -hmm. So exactly. I don't know if that was a, a, a terrible moment in officiating, but describe one of your worst moments or one of your toughest situations that you had officiating basketball. It's got to be I one was... that stands out. I was I was in Iraq at the time, and you were refing at a bomb shelter. Yeah, it was a hangar. Wow. Yeah, turned into a basketball uh, uh, of court, and you know we removed the sand, put the hangar up, the whole nine yard. Um, um, let's see, I formed a group called uh, the Men of God, and we would have Men of God competitions. And that involved bringing the entire camp together, meetings, form the groups, get the teams together. And those, you know, those soldiers are motivated because, you know, we don't know if we're ever coming home. You know, you know some gave all. Mm. Um, so we formed this, this, uh, this bond. We, we form a basketball uh, league. We do the brackets the whole nine yard. And I had to ref and I had to play, okay? And I had to step off the plane because I found it was conflict of interest. Now, I'm the one that started the league. I'm the president of the league. Uh, of, of the Iraq Hangar League, that, that's what it was called? Uh, it was the Men of God. Men of God. Basketball. Saddam Hussein <laughs> might drop a bomb at any minute league. Ready. Kill, it, kill it be killed league. Always ready, bro. Okay. Always ready. We're talking about you know, different types of smoke here. Your helmet, your, your, your Kevlar and your daggone weapon is sitting over there on the side. Was this called the Norman Schwarzkopf uh, <laughs> Classic? <laughs> hey, shoot, move, and communicate. And uh, I think uh, I had a partner of mine who was also a first sergeant, and we, uh, we were reffing the game. And what you have to do, it sounds minute, but you have to trust your partner. And don't even think that you're helping him out because you don't know if you're calling from the trail something in the lead, why he didn't make that call for travel or mm -hmm. why he didn't make that call for someone being out of bounds. So it was a hard lesson for me. And I almost lost him as a friend. That day it was a chip game, championship game. The stands were filled with soldiers, with weapons, each one carrying about 281 rounds per man and woman. And I saw in the championship game a guy come from the, from in the lead, and I was in the trail. My partner was right there, Paul was right in front of his face. The guy behind pushed the guy who had the ball out of bounds. And I ran in selling it, because my partner blew the whistle and gave the possession to the guy who pushed him.
but I felt he didn't see it. Mm. So I ran, I ran, I sold it. Yeah, you know, no, I, and we ended up not confirmed. What we should have done is talk, not overrule, overrule his call. So trust your partner, Ralph. You think that's where your style got developed of kind of taking charge? And, you know, some people are born with that leadership, the art of influence and directing men and women in such a way to obtain a willing obedience, confidence, and respect. That's something I live by, leadership. That's the definition. I like that. Um, so finally, what is your, I guess, your best memory officiating basketball? Day I met Landolfi, man, let me tell you. You remember Landolfi when he brought us to the training camp? <laughs> when we had to do uh, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? Floor test, floor okay. exam. Mm -hmm. uh, now, mind you, when you met Landolfi, I already done been through the class, and I already heard everything that happened, so that's why, oh, yeah. that's why I was very uh, not interested in meeting you. you. You can't replace a Landolf. You can't replace him. What you do is if it, it's like an old soldier's. We don't die, we just fade away. Landolf needs to be a consistent part of this organization, mm -hmm. a liaison, okay, and continue to teach, coach, and mentor. Because he's got that hard-nosed, you know, no-crap attitude. Uh, but he does bring quality. I agree. And um, you know what's really weird? I just interviewed him the other day, and obviously it's up on the Internet now. Um, the more he talked about his whole career, the more I realized. And, you know, Anthony Lopiano, mm -hmm. he was in our class, too. Um, Anthony Lopiano always jokes to me, he's like, you're going to be Don Landolfi when you grow up. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be like Don Landolfi. Don Landolfi's not cool. I think you're there already, Ralph. You just don't know it. I th when, I was, when I was hearing his whole development as a, an official, I was like, I I'm Don Landolfi. Yeah. It's kind of weird. So, yes, I, I agree. And yeah. You read the bio? Is that why you... No, I just... <laughs> I, I guess just the more that I talk to him, I just realize that I'm him 60 years younger. That's it. You know, he just has more experience in life with him. But, you know, me and you, we have the same fiber. And that's why I gravitate towards you. That's why I gravitate towards somebody like Glenn Dolphy. And, mm -hmm. you know, it all comes from stems of loving sport and just loving being a leader. Mm -hmm. I love being a leader. I love being able to uh, articulate what I've seen mm -hmm. and to be confident in chaos. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a skill. That's a skill. You know, some of these guys, they just come out here, they're like, they just want the money. Mm -hmm. Sure, the money's great, oh, yeah. and the money comes when, when you're good, yeah. but I never really focused on that. I focused on boogieing on the court, yeah. and you do the same thing. I've seen you boogie, Ralph. Have you have any down. final thoughts? Um, that Board 41 is a great organization, and I always tell everyone it's one team, one fight. And they got a great bunch of leaders in there now, and they're lobbying for us, mm. and the team needs to get behind them, and I support them 110. You know, good, bad, right, wrong, and indifferent. Um, you know, we, uh, it's not easy, you know? Uh, so get behind those guys, Chris and all the other guys, and, uh, and push, you know, be the wings, okay? Cool. And um, James, I, I appreciate your time, and hopefully, you know, I'll see you make it even higher than where you are. You know, I know that you just got congratulations on making the playoffs for Nassau County. Oh, yeah. That's a big honor. Oh, yeah. um, I'm probably not going to get that because it's my first year up. <laughs> but um, I'll be there soon. And, you know, next thing you know, I have no doubt we'll be doing 
semifinal and championship games at the oh, top floor. For sure. So, hey, for man, sure. I appreciate your friendship. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Man. I appreciate your time. A gentleman and a scholar. Huh? This is Ralph the Ref. We're in the rant. Signing out.